you're looking to take your business or your brand to the next level? Want to make a name for yourself and share what you do best with a bigger audience? There's never been a more exciting time to jump in. Welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Your hosts are Terry Trespicio and Paula Rizzo. With their combined media experience and top-notch guests, Paula and Terry will get you ready to shine. Here are your hosts, Terry and Paula. Hello, welcome to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Urgespicio. And take it out into the world. Oh, PR disasters and how not to be one of them. Joining us in a little bit will be Paula Conway, who's the media strategist and president of Astonish Media, who will discuss epic PR fails and how to avoid them. Mm. We do not want that to be you. Two of us in the same yes, room. Two, two Paulas. Please. I know two in my whole life, and they're going to be both on this call, at the show at the same time. Isn't Great. that funny? I know. Well, the thing, the thing I love about Paula Conway is that she's been on both sides of the game, right? So she's been an author, mm-hmm. a journalist, a publicist, a brand strategist. So she, you know, puts on one hat, puts on the other one, looks over here, looks over there, knows how to play the game from every angle. So that's going to be really fun to have I her I think here. it's hard to do it well if you don't see all sides. And she really does. Well, that's it. It's, it's you know, we've been on both sides of not as much as she has, but like to be able to have have pitched ourselves to media and then also be the media gatekeepers. And it mm-hmm. is important because you look at it differently. You send a pitch and you think, yeah, this is a little self-serving. This is probably not what I want to send. Maybe I should do right. this. Maybe I should do that. Um, you know, and, and the thing is too, and this is why we're talking about PR disasters, how not to be a disaster in general, right? You don't want to go on and then not deliver, right? You don't want to be like, oh, you were pitched as this amazing, wonderful thing. And then you get on there and it's like, <laughs> oh, actually, there's uh, no story here, you know? Oops. What a disappointment. The last thing in life I want to be is a disappointment. I don't think anyone it's wants true. to be a disappointment. No, it's true. But people don't always know. And, and this is a problem. This is sometimes where the disconnect and kind of like, you know, headbutting happens between public relations people and journalists. This is an ongoing thing, right? This has been a big part of your life. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there are PR people who I love working with who are fantastic, who are amazing. And then there are others who give them a bad name because they're just not good at their job. And you could say the same thing about journalists, right? I'm sure PR people are saying the same thing. Like, hey, wait a minute. There's a lot of journalists out there who are pretty terrible or, you know, don't give us credit or whatever it is. And I'm sure that happens. It's everyone Um, complaining that the other person isn't doing their job. That's always it. But there's also, you know, like, as a journalist, you're, you're relying on your sources to give you good stuff. And the hard part, I think, is that, well, the PR people that you've come to trust, if they're good at their job, they get great clients and they bring you things that they think are relevant. But if there's someone who just grabs at whatever and is coming to tell you it's good when really they're incentivized by the person paying them, which is the model. This is how this is set up. A client pays a PR person. PR person pitches you to media. It's hard to um, trust a PR person or source if you, nine times out of 10, you don't like who they bring to you. Mm. So that's kind of risky. Like you, you love your PR people. We mm-hmm. all have our favorites because they are very careful about who they bring. Like, Beth Grossman, please. Hmm, my Beth favorite. Grossman is the best. Yeah. She's the best. She is the best. And but you know, the thing. I knew her separately, right? Separately, right. You worked with her at Martha and I worked with her at Fox News. And um, we did a lot of health and wellness stories with her. And she was, the thing I love about Beth, so many things, but is that she really has, she's a, a, a sweet person. And she comes to you and says, hey, I think you should take a look at this. And when she says it, you know that she's sincere, 
Yes. It's not that she's doing it because she just wants to get her client some some press, right? Because that is her job is to get the client press. But she knows what we need. She knows what kind of stories we do. And, and so she'll come and time. say, she doesn't waste your time with people that you know won't be a fit. So if, if she comes to you and that's what you want to have as a publicist, you want to have a publicist who if they go to a journalist and they say, hey, this is something you should really pay attention to, that the journalist listens, that's amazing. That's exactly what you want. Um, but, you know, sometimes I've had in the past issues with PR people where they don't tell the truth, um, you know, and, and Paula will talk about this a little bit later too, but, um, you know, they'll say, oh, oh, this is going to be so great or, or you know, this, this is what this segment is about or this is what that, and then you get there and you're like, wait, this is not anything like that. <laughs> this is not um, what we discussed. This is not what we discussed or, it's you know, which yeah. it is. And for me, like I had a lot of, it, you know, I did a lot of health and wellness. So it was always about getting a patient who could talk to whatever condition it was, right? So having somebody who had gone through whatever procedure or whatever it was. And in the early years, uh, when I was first starting to work at Fox, what happened a lot of times was that publicists would just say, oh, yeah, we have a patient for you. And we'd show up and it'd be somebody who worked in the doctor's office or somebody who worked on the staff with the PR people. And we'd have to shut it down and just say, no, 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 this is not an actual patient. This is, you know, I mean, those were like some of the beauty things that we did sometimes. Like it was like, oh, you know, facials or whatever. But like, no, that's fake. We can't do that. You know, so that was always a problem. So then from then on, I was like very leery, of course, always doing pre-interviews with every single person, every single, you know, um, every patient, every doctor, every person, just to make sure this is legit. This is not just a publicist says that this is what it is. I want to know for sure. Doing that kind of vetting is very, very important. I think I've lost Terry. I think it's just me. That's it. This is what, how it goes. This is what happens. Um, but she'll be back in a sec, I'm sure. But, you know, the problem is, from, from my perspective, is the inconsistencies there that I just talked about do give PR people a bad name. So the, the, the public relations world and the journalism world need to mend fences. And so I would love to be able to do that um, here on the show and, uh, you know, as a, uh, as a public service, really, because um, without it, no good stories get out there, you know? So I think we really need to, to do that. And, and yeah, scrubs happen, mess ups, flat out disasters, all of this stuff. Uh, it not only hurts your chances of securing media, but it can sabotage your brand and your business for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. Right. That's it. Game over one time. And that's it. I mean, Look, the fact is we say that like it's all final when really if you look at some of the worst cases in PR disasters, like the, at the political level, people actually oh. forget after a while. I mean, but there's always a risk you could become a joke. And mm-hmm. so that's uh, you just can't risk it. So you always well, we're going to learn more from from Paula later about wh- how do you keep that from spinning out of control? Yeah, uh, but I want to yeah. hear from you about, you know, some of your, as a branding strategist, you've seen this oh. and you watch it, you watch it happen and it's like Super Bowl Sunday for you. You're like, oh, look what's happening here. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the best. Like when you shared with me, you were the first one to tell me about the Mario Batali uh, right. situation. Um, that was, I did, wasn't aware of it until you brought it to my attention. And now it's like my favorite story. <laughs> so let's so let's back let's up. So Mario Batali, Mario Batali in case up. you guys don't know, right? So of course, famous Mario Batali, chef, famous chef, uh, becomes part of the you know sexual harassment 
stuff, right? He kind of like is called out on some allegations. Yeah. Allegations come out about him. And, uh, you know, he says, let me do a little mea culpa. I will send out to my email newsletter. I am sorry. You know, this is, this is not right. I want to make this right. He sends that out this, you know, thank you. This, this, uh, I'm sorry letter (laughs) along with a PS. The worst PS in basically all of PS history. And thank God you send it to me because now I have it as a screenshot somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> you have it in front of you. Read it. Do you have the PM? I do not have it right in front of me. Okay, but it's it, like it, something like, I'm so sorry for hurting all of my, you know, basically he didn't even say, I'm sorry for the victims of people who are saying I hurt them. When you apologize, you apologize to the person you hurt. So number one, that's a more subtle thing that he said. He apologized mm-hmm. for, for, you know what he did? He said he apologized for letting his family and friends down. Well, guess what? The family and friends weren't the first people who were hurt by him, right? They're the people who are the people who allege that he did these things. So this wasn't even the worst of it. That wasn't even the worst of it. The worst of it is that the PS is like, by the way, if you're looking for a great holiday dessert, you should really try our our dessert rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Cinnamon rolls. That was his big thing, cinnamon rolls. I mean, could you think of a worse thing to throw in there? And so rolls, the cinnamon rolls. I mean, I'm sure a delicious post on a different day. But who let that go? Who on his team said, check, 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 apologize to my mother, P.S., try our rolls? Yes. Are you serious? I mean, like, I can't, but this shows you, like, then this is not, look, we don't, I don't know what really happened with him. But all I'm saying is, I am more likely to believe that he doesn't really know what he did because it's right. Someone else. It's but also someone else was, was doing it. I'm sure, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Crazy. But what I'm talking about is he became like even more of a joke. It's bad enough to be accused of something, but now he's a, he's a joke in my book. I I just love bringing that example around. See, this is what happens now. What happens to him as a brand? Like, what do you think? What do what do you think from a branding perspective has happened to Mario Batali from that? He should be buried alive in cinnamon rolls. That's what I think. Now, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what will happen with him. My feeling is that as much as we think these guys are gone forever, I really don't think that they are. I, I believe that he'll be back and it'll be a thing where that just gets sort of swept away, depending on who pays for it, who sponsors it. I hate to be negative about it. But my point is this stuff still lives. Even if you delete your tweets, even if you do whatever, it, this, things you do on the Internet don't go away. Yeah, they can't. Until later on when he tries something, it's going to come up. It's going to come up. Yeah. So it's no, hard to it's- escape, right? One of the things he did well, though, I have to say, it was timely, right? It was like a holiday thing. Are I you think it was. Right now? You're telling me the I, hook is there. The hook. Well, the hook is there. I mean, if we're gonna give points for being a, well, you know, if he a, was gonna do it. You know what he should have done? If you're gonna be hmm. cute about sexual harassment, which I really don't uh, recommend. No, you should shouldn't. have said, "I'm really sorry for what I've done," and so I've designed a new dessert. It's called humble pie. I will be eating. <laughs> Have a slice with me of humble pie. Like, at least, like, make a joke out of it. He earnestly was promoting his baked goods. So that's my problem. 
That's yeah, everyone's problem. That's a real problem. But timeliness <laughs> does matter. Timeliness matters in your pitch. I'm trying to find a, t- a teaching moment here. Oh my God. I think this is it. I think this is it. You know, how to take something away from, from this ridiculous uh, baked good disaster. Don't uh, try to deflect. Don't deflect. From no. Something. If you've done something wrong. Come right out and say it. I want to ask Paul about this too. Well, yeah. If you've done something wrong, own up to it and don't try to double task your yeah. apologies. An apology Apology should always stand alone. Never, right. ever layer in another message, right? No, it's kind of crazy. But like, you know, like I said, so timeliness timing is, is important. Everything. Timing <laughs> is important. And in this case, it was terrible. Your timing was awful. You know, you need to make it spin, spin it to work for you. This did not work, you know. Uh, and and people, people who can do it right, they've got it figured out and the media will bite for sure. You yes. know, it's like capitalizing on holidays or flu season now or whatever it is. And, um, you know, being able to consume the news and see, hey, here's what's going on. I talk about this. Let me let me get get in on that a little bit. That's why I say you'll you and you meeting anyone, anyone who's listening to this, um, mm-hmm. you're, anything you're trying to pitch, your pitch will be different based on the time of year. And what's going, not just because of the season or the weather, but because of what's happening, right? So if there's a big cyber hack, it's a great time for someone who's like a cyber person to have an opinion about it. But when you're not in a cyber hack, maybe it's about, well, what about, well, summertime traveling? What if your phone gets hacked while you're away? Like, you've got to always find a way to make what you're doing relevant. I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. you've always said. That's what yeah. you always say. That's what I always say. That's right. That's right, <laughs> That is what I always say. <laughs> right. What about being trendy? Because there, there's, you know, there's a part of that too. You're, you're sort of the tastemaker, right? As an expert, entrepreneur, leadership person, you should be telling the media, hey, this is sort of a, a trendy thing. This is, this is something that's happening that you that's should know happening. about, right? I mean, there's, there's an element to that too. It doesn't just have to be timely. It has to be... Uh, you know, maybe something I hadn't heard before. Like I love when companies do these like trend forecasting things where it's like, here's the mm. next, the next big thing. Like I worked with this woman um, for years. Her name is Lucy Green and she works for a forecasting company. And that's the coolest every, job. The it's coolest. so great. So every year they come out with their ideas for what's happening next year, you know? And so it's in travel and health and, you know, medicine, all this different stuff. And, and we would always do like, you know, the health stuff. Or a couple of years ago, I did some travel things with her too. But it was the coolest thing because it was like, wow, look into the future. What, what's out there? Um, do you so think I always love those. Are they in a way saying what's happening or do you think they're actually helping make it? It's always like, are they ahead of the curve or are they both, right? But both, they do right? a lot of research. It's a lot I mean, of research. There's a lot of research out there. Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, um, there's nothing more exciting than the next big thing. And totally. So, no, you've got to ride that out. Anyone who has to deal with wellness or recovering from illness, the flu is so bad this year that, you know, there's a lot to be said. There's so many angles to take on it, mm-hmm. right? So if you're someone who talks about health and wellness, you don't just want to be like, here's how to recover from the flu. There's other things to think about it. There's so many ways to slice an idea. Mm-hmm. So we work with lots of people, obviously, who want to be seen as thought leaders. And part of that is being good at what you do and teaching your unique perspective. But it's also about how you respond to whatever whatever's happening. Um, I was telling you, Paula, about a, mm. a consultant named uh, Krishna Pandiala, and he helps executives stop making the same wrong choices over again and again. And I love mm. this idea because he says, we spend too much time on worrying about big decisions and we don't actually focus on the small ones, which often do us in. So for instance, for him, 
The next time someone screws up, I mean, from the some mayor to the absolute, like the president, uh, mm. just wait a second till that happens again. Um, yeah, or, or it a, might happen. Or a CEO says the wrong thing. There's so like he must just be sitting there waiting for someone to do something crazy or to show a pattern when they, when um, Anthony Weiner was going through all of his. Oh God, problems. that was the. That was he just, kept doing the same thing again and again. Uh, and so that's mm-hmm. a great thing for this guy because he talks about, hey, are you paying attention to the small choices, not just the big ones? I love that idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty great. That's pretty fun. That's a good uh, way to find your way and crowbar your way into the media. Well, yeah, you're 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 mindful of what's going on. And also, I mean, he's got a good topic. So what are you going to, you know, I mean, that's right. It's, it's going to pop up again and again, you know, and actually next week we're talking with Dr. Ben Michaelist, who's one of my favorite examples of this because he knows how to catch your eye with a story. Uh, for me, it was a Pokemon story, but it was, a, it was a trend piece. It was trendy. It was a trend story. And he found a way to make it um, health related and catch my eye. But we'll talk to him next week about but that. He's so good at that. I mean, he's, he's really so great. Good. Really, really he's great. Really, really but, uh, but coming up. Yeah. We're getting to the good stuff now. Happening it's happening today. Yes. Yeah, coming up. Today is Paula Conway. She is going to be joining us in a few minutes, and she really knows what it takes to get media attention and to make sure you don't screw it up in the process. So Mm -hmm. that's coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise on Voice America Variety. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say, and the world is ready to hear it. Go to Be a Media Magnet com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. Woohoo! Here we are. You're listening to Lights, Camera Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Paula Rizzo, honored to be here alongside Terry Tuspicio. Hello. And today we are talking about disasters, PR disasters, <laughs> and how to not become one, which is really important and essential to understand. Uh, and it's not always that easy, but our guest today knows her stuff. We brought you someone who will really help us with this. Uh, Terry and I are fortunate to also be friends with the very lovely Paula Conway. Welcome, Paula. Hey, Paula. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored to be on your show today. Well, Paula, we want to tell everyone a little bit about you. Let me just fill everyone in on your humongous resume. (laughs) Paula Conway is the president and founder of Astonish Media Group, a strategic media firm here in New York City. And she's also a best-selling author and entrepreneur. So as we said, she's been on all sides of this business. Paula began her career representing Broadway talent, and she went on to work for the very famous Weber Shandwick and Rubenstein Associates and represent brands like Microsoft Teletubbies, GE Home Appliances, NASCAR Weight Watchers, the Duchess of York, Tony Robbins. I mean, like ah. basically yeah, Al Roker. I mean, the list goes on. With her own agency, Astonish Media Group, clients have included like a whole range of major celebrities too, like ABC's Danny Johnson, former Bachelor Lorenzo Borghese. I'm not going to pretend I know. Borghese. Okay, that's what I thought, Borghese. And the <laughs> Royal Pet Club. Also, you know, all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life, Paula. All this stuff. And plus, you're a writer as well for many publications like the Daily News, New York Times, Good Housekeeping Keeping Magazine, and the list just goes on and on. And you have your own books, right? The Beauty, yes. the Beauty Bible. Um, and uh, I didn't know this, the, every, the Everything Calorie Counting Cookbook, plus all these books about zombies and The Walking Dead. What? Paula, yeah. who knew? Yeah, yeah. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I know. How do we get from beauty to... Zombies. Zombies. And Zombies. And a travel show. You had a travel show too. You're very versatile, Paula. I mean, yeah, you really are. It's a lot, lot happening you. there. So there being on all sides of this, Terry and I were talking a little bit before about sort of the disconnect between PR people and journalists. And being that you are both of those things, talk to us a little bit there. Like, what's the issue? What's the, what's the real problem here? Why, why is there a, a disconnect? I think I, I honestly think there's unfortunately a lack of understanding on both sides. Um, mm. And, you know, it's, it's un- unfortunately, it's a little bit uncomfortable to be very, very honest as to why and where that comes from. But I'm just going to go ahead and do that. I think that from a journalist perspective, um, there, there, there are more publicists that are mediocre or less than that than there are that are exceptional and great. And journalists are on very, very tight deadlines. And so when you're getting thousands and thousands of emails within an hour, everything just becomes noise, right? So in order for somebody to really stand out and be truly exceptional, it's a very difficult thing to do. And so the many outweigh the few. And the reputation is publicists are kind of a pain and they're not very good and they don't understand what we do. And then on the other side, for the publicists, it's why aren't they paying attention to me? So it goes round and round and round we go. So there's this fundamental deep understanding that we're actually both there to provide a service for each other. I know. And it's too bad because there's so many great PR pros. And it's like any industry, there's going to be a few that like make everyone doubt them, right? My question to you about this is now we know there's a disconnect between journalists and PR people. Like, you don't get it. Well, you don't listen to me. Right. There's also the disconnect often between the experts or the client 
and the PR professional. Because a lot of experts will think, I'm going to hire a publicist that's going to answer my problem. Silver bullet, get me on everywhere, get me on everything. And there's a disconnect there. How do you frame that for someone? Like, how do you explain why it's not the same as hiring someone to plunge a toilet, you know? Right, right. Yeah, no, that's, that is the key that first that you do explain that. And so a good publicist and experienced publicist will start there with the client in having that conversation and uh, educating them on what that relationship consists of, where they're, how they're seen by a media professional and what the code of conduct is without trying to make it sound like you're schooling them too much because clients don't really respond very well to that. No, sure. But there's a way of doing it without doing it. Well, Paula, one question about this. When I say Paula, I realize neither of you know who I'm talking to. Yes, we're like, Um, we'll just both talk. Oh, yeah, Conway. (laughs) Conway Rizzo. Conway Rizzo. Yeah, there we go. Listen, Conway, the thing about this, though, (laughs) is... Uh, yeah, now, of course, there's all that shenanigans. I've now forgot what I was saying. With, between the client and the PR person, oh, yes, this is the thing. Well, I paid that PR person like $3,000 and she didn't get me anything. There's this still this idea that it's I'm paying and you must get me press. And yet, can you explain to people who are considering hire PR people how the work and even the money they pay is no guarantee? Yeah, and that's a difficult conversation to have, um, and it's one that should always be had, that there isn't a guarantee, and it's very, very simple because you're dealing with a third party. I have no control over what a producer is going to do or what a journalist is going to do. So really, when you dumb it down, it's pretty simple. I can't guarantee the actions of another person. So there's that. Um, (laughs) Right. (laughs) right. Sounds like common sense. Pretty common sense. But then there's the other side of it is like, do you really have a good product? Do you have a story to to tell? And I would like to think that there isn't a publicist out there or a media professional that would take something that they didn't think that they could sell because at the end of the day, it's sales. Um, Right. Mm -hmm. But they do. They'll, they they'll, do. Yeah. And then they also lie and try to make something up. And ultimately, that's just short-lived and not sustaining. It's the lies. You're right. Lies happen. I was talking about that before. That's always, well, always tricky. The money, right. Mm. Some people will. Right. So if, if somebody didn't get somebody results, it could be any number of things. It could be that they just didn't have a good product to work with. It could be they didn't have a good client to work with. It could be that they didn't have the experience to understand what they had. If they didn't understand what they had, there's no getting around that somebody without experience will not know how to bring out the best in whatever that product is or what that brand is or where they belong or who their audience is or who they really should be selling it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, when is it too early to hire a publicist? Because a lot of times people will ask me, oh, you know, because they think I'm going to get a publicist and my my prayers will be answered. I'll be on every show across the, you know, the nation and it'll be fantastic. But for some people, it is too early. What would you say is that fine line between early and ready to go? Mm-hmm. Well, one obvious thing is when you can't afford it. If you can't afford it, you shouldn't try to afford it because it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I'm a firm believer that publicity is not a short-term engagement. It's not something that you just do because you need to get a bunch of cakes out this season and sell them. Mm -hmm. That's not a brand building exercise. That's an exercise at short-term sales, um, but it's not a brand building exercise. And PR is a brand building exercise. So if you can't afford it, you shouldn't do it. If your brand or business is really just not ready for media attention, 
So your, your storefront isn't up, whether that's a brick and mortar or your website, your messaging is not clear, your trade dress, your logo, it doesn't make any sense. Mm. Um, you haven't fully fleshed out your website. You don't have a competent leader in place who can speak to the media on behalf of the brand. All of these are the types of things that should stop you dead in your tracks from going and, and putting money into a PR professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, the other piece of this, too, is that, you know, there are some clients who will work with PR sporadically, right? It'll be for a certain sprint of time yes. or whatever. But but what is it that you see? You mentioned the strategy. What should your strategy be? Well, how should you be looking at this? Well, the, the individual strategy depends on the client, but public relations is part of your branding. And it always should be. It should be in concert with your marketing, your advertising, your search engine optimization, um, your SEO, it should always be in concert. I mean, I always say, um, you know, one of our um, uh, clients and, and, and um, longtime allies has been American Airlines. And one of their leader, leaders there and a good friend of mine said, you know, there's no major brand that doesn't have a PR division or a PR firm all the time. Now, for small companies, that's a very difficult thing for them to do. They have to choose. Either we're going to have a marketing budget or an advertising budget or we're going to have a PR budget. Oftentimes, right. they think that. But really, wow. it's all part of the larger it branding. It either or. Right. It shouldn't. So when you're talking to and you've worked with so many people who are going to be in the media, maybe they're new to it. What do you tell them about how to handle interviews with media? That is, it's really hard to educate people on how to interview a firm when they don't know what they're looking at. Um, I ask them to show results. I ask them to ask the firm to show a media report that they've done for a client. Oh, you're talking about clients who yeah. are oh, yeah. well, agency. Yeah, what are you talking about? I'm talking about, no, so you're saying like what question, that's a good one actually. Yeah, that's actually good. We should probably go through that too. We should call that that. Uh, You were saying the questions you should ask an agency before you bring them on. Um, Oh. You said you you can ask where they've placed people and. Yeah, I'd ask for, I would ask the agency to show me a report, an actual media report that they recently sent to a client because why wouldn't they want to show that to you? Right. If there was. Yeah, mm-hmm. if their results are great and they're good at what yeah. they do, they should be quick to hand that over. Yeah, but then I just think, well, great, they did it for that person. That doesn't mean it'll work for me. So that can even be kind of misleading, well, right? Well, it, 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 no, yes and no. It, it may not work for you. But if they did a good job on that account, they should be proud of what they did on that account. And that it tells you that fun. they're capable of doing that level of work. Mm. Should be recent. It should be something they're working on right now. Right. Show that they're doing it. They have these contacts. They're doing That's it. True. Yep. Or they know how to make contacts, more importantly. Is there anything else that raises a red flag with regard to when you're talking to an agency or a firm, a PR firm, that you should be like, hmm? Language, how they're communicating from the very beginning, their emails, how they're forming their words, whether there's typos riddled throughout the correspondence wow. that they're sending, how they speak to you on the phone, the questions that they might ask you about your own business and your own business goals and the strategy that you want to put in place. Why are you doing this? What is your ultimate goal with your company? What are you projecting six months out? What What do you see as your return on investment with your public relations? These are all very oh, important They should questions. ask those. They should they be should. asking you, the client, that. But they don't always. <laughs> well, you should ask a prospective client that. 
because they should be asking themselves those questions. So well, I, yes. put, I put myself in their shoes. If I'm the business, these are the things I'm thinking about. How are mm -hmm. they different from their competitors? How do they see themselves as standing out among? There are very few businesses that are that unique. So they have to have some sort of a differentiator. Something, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, what about this? So the, the other question here too is then also, how do you prepare your clients for media interviews. So you've gotten them placed. They're about to go do their thing. Maybe you've sent them to Terry or I for media training. Thank you. Yes. Very much. <laughs> uh, yes. And then, um, but but how, what, how do you tell them? How do you prep them for that moment? You know, I actually try to just get them to do some interviews by Skype or by Zoom and to start creating, to just do mock interviews, to start creating video if they don't have some video already. So if they have some pre-existing video, which is great, and it doesn't have to be anything fancy. It could be something on YouTube. It could just be a video that they made on their, you know, on their phone. Um, mm -hmm. I try to do it with them and I'll get on a Skype with them or on a Zoom with them and I'll just start doing mock interviews with them. Mm -hmm. And it's very awkward at first. And I'll just, I'll just play. Like, <laughs> I'm the producer. Right. I'm the anchor. Right. I'm interviewing them. Sure. And I mm -hmm. let them just go through it. <clears throat> and then we look at it together and I give them notes and I give them ideas for the next one. I had to tighten and tighten and tighten and mm -hmm. tighten. Yeah. That's too long. Yeah. And that's, they want to tell everything. They want to tell you the whole life story. <laughs> the preparation is just start doing it. Right. But you you also do say like don't don't look at this as as, you know, a free for all, right? It, it's an it's an invitation that you're being asked to come in, right? Well, are you talking about if they're asked to do media? Mhm. Mm well, mm -hmm. interviews are not invitations. Mhm. Mm okay. That's the way I see it. It's not an invitation unless you're a very big brand and there are there are strategic reasons why you wouldn't do Time magazine over the New York Times. You know, that's different. But when you're a smaller company, it's not an invitation. This is not something that you turn down and this is not right. something that you blow off. Uh, I say you show up. You have to be part of it. You show up for everything. Mm -hmm. Everything. So it's like Gary, I'm a student of very Gary Vaynerchuk, right? One is greater than sure. zero. Do everything. Yeah. No one's too good for a podcast. Correct. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and that's a good way to, to, to tell what kind of client you have. Oh, God. If they're too big for a regular podcast and they only want like yeah, <laughs> which is so many show. of them, which is so yes. many of them. <laughs> I mean, people call up people, uh, Rizzo, people get delusional. Mm -hmm. do they they do. They, they do, do get delusional. And they think, oh, no, I'm not going to waste my time there. And But we've, we've spoken to many experts and some that we'll interview here on the show that say yes to everything because it's a public service because they want yes. to get their message out there. They want to help people. That is the point. Well, yeah. and as you know, the media are looking everywhere for a story. They're looking right. at the blogs. They're looking at Facebook groups. They're looking everywhere for a story. Exactly. It's so true. It's they so will true. Find and you. They will find you. They will right. find you. Um, I want to talk, I want to save this this bit about um, making money because I want to I hear a little bit about that, how you're able to kind of convert because it's not always like you do media and then you convert that to sales or whatever yeah. it is. But, um, you know, one of the things too is that being able to um, – make the best use of your time on the air or in an interview or whatever it is. What do you tell people, what do you tell some of your clients on, on how to like make good on that two minutes or whatever it is? Three minute segment. Less, yeah. Well, that's a good, that's a good point because you raise up convert. And so it depends on the publication, like who is the audience, who's listening to that and what is the objective with that particular outlet. So the Wall Street Journal um, radio might be very different from an, a tech podcast, for example. And the, the talking points 
that you really want to emphasize might be different as well. If you're if the if the customer that they're reaching is an investor, their mm. talking points are going to be we will go over those talking points and we will send to them these are the two or three talking points you need to get across. Whereas if it's a consumer, it's going to be something different about why this product or service is going to be really important and beneficial to them, how it helps them, how it will change their life. Right, right. Well, there's more to come with Paula Conway, some PR disasters. We'll talk about those, how to avoid them, and also a little bit more about this conversion stuff. And I want to talk about how you've been able to promote your own book um, uh, and books because you've done a really great job with it. So that is all coming up after the break. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise on Voice America Variety. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Imagine for a minute what it would be like to step onto the set of a show that you've been watching forever or see your name in a magazine you actually read. Sounds exciting, doesn't it? Well, here's the secret. Those experts you see on TV and in magazines aren't smarter than you. They just know how to get the media to pay attention. And it's something you can learn. I'm Paula Rizzo. And I'm Terry Gispicio. And we've been behind the scenes at major media outlets for years, booked thousands of guests, and have been featured ourselves on TV, radio, and everywhere else. We know how this works. We'll show you how to crack the media code, craft your pitch, and crush it on air. Get our free video course, How to Be a Media Magnet. You'll learn how the media thinks and how to pitch your idea so you get booked. You have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Go to BeAMediaMagnet.com to get our free course. That's BeAMediaMagnet.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Reach us by email at info at lightscameraexpert.co. Now back to this week's show. You're listening to Lights, Camera, Expert, Unleash Your Expertise. I'm Terry Gispicio here, as always, with Paula Rizzo and our guest, another Paula, Paula Conway. She's the president of Astonish Media Group and an author and writer as well. Let's continue, Conway, our talk about conversion. Now, we know media is not a one-to-one conversion, so you don't get to go. It's not a given that you go on a, on a morning news show and your book sales spike or you sell a book. There's no guarantee, but there are ways to leverage media to get some ROI for that. Now, what um, we always say is that media is a bit of a, it's a public service. You're giving it away for free because you care about your message. At the same time, we all got businesses to run. What are some of your insights for helping someone who's seeking media convert to business? 
The most successful things that we have seen in conversion include booking experts for speaking engagements. So in their area, um, these could be trade shows or conventions and clients really enjoy doing it, respond really well to that. And almost always they get business from it. Uh, Thought leadership is very important. So having them byline articles in their area of expertise in front of their consumers and or their peers. Um, These could be articles in local publications. So if it's a doctor, it could be family publications. Mm. It could be trade publications in health or tech. And in in our medical area, we will put our clients up for awards, very prestigious awards. Um, in their field. So the firm, mm. though, you're saying like as a firm. As a firm. Well, as part of your strategies, you'll book them. Yes. The people listening are people who want to do that. They should, whether they have representation or not, yes. seek out opportunities to speak. Speak. Right. Yeah. Get awards. And get, and get, awa- and get awards. awards. Paula, mm, Paula, that's interesting. Be, there isn't a day go by that we don't hear about the Emmy. We have to. We have to hear about the Emmy. Everything hangs on that Emmy. Throw that out as much as possible. That's right. At dinner, it's it's on the dinner table. (laughs) (laughs) I I should bring it out right now and have it sit next to me. But it matters, right? It it does matter. It does matter. That's the only reason anyone talks to Rizzo. Is that right? The Emmy. That's That's right. Rizzo has an Emmy. So when you say this, like, (laughs) Paula Rizzo has an Emmy. So basically, all of those efforts, right? Right, Rizzo? Like you That's have right. all of them. You can't just all of them. It's, it's not just one thing. And a lot of times people do think, hey, I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be on the Today Show and I'm going to sell a zillion books and I'm going to be famous. And it's like, mm, that's not actually how it works. Right. <laughs> um, right. There are other things you need to do. Uh, but, you know, Paula, I want to talk about your strategy for, for one of your, your, so your first book, um, the, the Beauty Bible, you had a really cool way of promoting it and getting it out there. Tell oh, us yeah. about that. Well, the Beauty Bible was very unique because it was a beauty book that came in, out in a box with more than 30 free products in it. Ooh. So in addition to writing it, I packaged it. So that was an unusual circumstance. Um, and it had a 75,000 run. So it was huge, but limited at the same time. So once it was sold out, which it did sell out, it was sold out. Right. Um, and the, I did most of the publicity myself. So, but how did you know that packaging it that way, having a little extra effort, a little, I mean, you did that in mind. It wasn't like that wasn't an afterthought. You created the book that way. Well, I, I was very fortunate because my publisher at HarperCollins was a very creative publisher and, and said, I, I mean, I had already signed the contract that I was going to do this. And then the publisher came back actually and said, can you get products to go out with this book? And I honestly didn't know if I could. So I just, I just said, yes, I just said, yes. You said mm-hmm. yes. I, I, I had. Sure. I had no idea. That's what, that what an entrepreneur says. She goes, "Yup, no I idea. Figure it out. Figure it yeah. out." Yeah, and I figured it out, and it was really not easy. So. Oh, it was not easy. Okay. Yeah, it was not was it easy. Worth it? Was it worth doing it that way? Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, I don't regret it, but it was not. There was nothing easy about it. Look, Paula Rizzo. Everyone loves free product. Everyone I had does to climb a over a lot of bodies to get those. Yeah. Bodies. Oh my so, but it is true. an interesting PR effort. She did it. Yes. Well, yes. listen, one of the tips uh, that you give Paula is when the Girl Scouts also say, never lie, don't lie. That is, and I love that because, well, hello, it seems obvious, but it's not. Talk to us a little about how even a little lie can bring you down with the media. A white well, lie. So I, I, we had a client, not to be named, who has a product that this client sold. And the client 
on their own decided to tell People Magazine that the product went to the president of the United States, not the current president, a former president. And, but it did not. Well, it had not. It, it had not. Um, and it's a very unusual thing because what? People, well, people vets very carefully, and they're they're very well known for doing that. So mm-hmm. it was very surprising that they published this without oh doing. But we had built up such credibility with the media with this particular client, and I think that's why they were oh, they're, no. they're well known. So this blipped. It happened, and. Um, uh, uh, within minutes, the phone call came in from the White House that this <gasps> never happened. What? Yeah. Wait, but did, you knew this, right? You knew it hadn't gone there. Or yeah, did, I like, told him not to. I said, don't do it. You said not to do it. And yeah. she didn't, the client didn't go send it on her own to the White House. The client never never went to the White House. She never sent it. She didn't do anything. Okay. Right. Oh. It never so went. Then you promptly hung up the phone and strangled your client. Yeah, I was in the room when the client did it. Oh my! I was no, but it, like there. the White House called you. Yeah, and then yes, what? Yes, yes. Um, we told the tr- that told the truth to the reporter, and Eesh. everything. It's forever erased in history. You cannot find that story. Really? Yeah, that's been erased. Well, what did what did that do for you for you with oh, that journalist? I, I mean, mean um, the journal the journalist that they sold it to, luckily, is not someone that I had worked with or ever worked with. So. I made sure I never contacted that journalist myself so that they, you know, that was fine. It was, I was very fortunate. And the interesting thing about this was that the client didn't care because in those few minutes that went by when that story went live, the client sold a great many units of the item. Uh, mm, I'm sure they did. Oh my God. They did. Built on lies. Built on lies and could have yeah. hurt your reputation big time. If, then again, you said you can't control what another person does. When she gets on there and goes crazy and says something isn't true. Right. No, you get tarnished in it if it could have happened. And the, here's the thing with so easily, maybe not in the case of People Magazine, but let's say, for example, I had a client that was selling fashion goods and they sent products to a list of A-list celebrities Mm-hmm. You can in good conscience say that they have these products. You can say that so-and-so has this product, received this product. That doesn't mean that they're wearing them, but you can right. say that they have it. That's fine. I call that spin. It's a little bit different. Right. right. <laughs> it's called spin. It's a little different. So learn how to spin as opposed to telling outright lies. Yeah, the spin the spin is very different, right? But well, I want to dig in a little bit more on the disaster because I feel like we're going we down the disaster it. path a little bit, okay. yes. and I'm kind of loving it. Um, anything else that you can point us towards as far as you know, maybe clients showing up, and I, I've had this happen before for me, where I think the interview is going to go one way, and then the person just does not play, oh, no. and it's right. like, eesh. well. Yes, we've had a few of these. So we had a client, a young whippersnapper, mm. who just really wanted and, and, and needed, according to the client, for funding reasons, the Wall Street Journal. And we worked very, very hard to get an interview with the Wall Street Journal. And the client at the time was based in Washington, D.C. So we arranged for this desk side. Now, a desk side meeting is not necessarily an interview for a story. A desk right. side is... 
I'm going to meet with you. We're going to feel each other out. I'm going right. to get to know you. It's a date. Yes. yes. It's more like a courtship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and he was counseled on this. And instead, he shows up for the desk side and literally tells the journalist, you have to write about my company. Because oh, no. If you don't, told him how successful his company was. And if you don't, you're going to be begging for an interview with me <gasps> within a year. He's the media. You just don't do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who is this blowhard? What was he thinking? She's not going to tell you. I know. This but is, I mean, it's awful. Were you dying? Were you like cringing? Oh, I was mortified. I, what can I do? And that puts us. I would have yelled at him in front of the media. That's very awkward, awkward situation. It was so awkward. It's happened. It was. Let, so let this be a lesson. Do not yeah. threaten the media. Do not go into Paula Rizzo's yeah. office and go, listen, if you don't write, do a piece on you me, you're going to regret me. it. You're no going to regret it. Can you imagine? You'd be like, how did the day, sir? A good day, sir. Close the door. Um, how did, how did the, the journalist react? Uh, not well. Yeah. He had said to him, that's not a great way to start this relationship. Oh, my God. And it went over, it went over this entrepreneur's head. The, the entrepreneur, unfortunately, has done well, has been very successful. Oh, really? And so, And have they gone begging? Uh, to my knowledge, there hasn't been another story there, but plenty of other places. Uh, Done well. So, you know, and then it, it gets, leaves you to backpedal with the journalist. Yeah, like that's, that's not a good well, position to be in. It, it isn't, but it's kind of like life. If you try to start teaching everybody lessons, you're wasting your time. For sure. Ugh. Yeah, I know. I get that. It's just not good human behavior. You would, you know what? You wouldn't do it. I've had people say it to me on dates. If you don't go out with me again, you're really missing out. I'd be like, really? Let's Ew. test that theory. Let's test, Let's it. test that theory. Goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. It's Bye. very, very right. Very, very true. Mm. Yeah. Well, all right. So that's one about, good one. Paul, do we want to get into uh, what you do when this does happen? Yeah. Why not? You really right? do mess up. I mean, I feel well, like the spin control crisis management. I feel like we're talking about disasters. What do you do? Not if you do something horrible like that, but something just gets out of your control. You know, it's very tricky because clients invariably, unfortunately, don't want to be told and they're wrong. And the pattern that I actually see repeating itself often is clients either not showing up for the interview. And this has happened, unfortunately, many times what? with the Wall Street Journal. <gasps> what? I don't know what it is with the Wall Street Journal. Oh, my God. But it's happened many times or then being very late and then the, this writer saying, you know, I'm just not going to write about them. Mm. And then the client saying, I don't understand. And you have to explain to them, you completely sabotage that relationship. So when it happens, we try to explain to them in no uncertain terms that if you do this, there isn't going to be a second chance. Mm. And they don't often hear you. It's a it's a phenomenon. It's a, I don't understand it myself. I don't understand why they don't hear it. They, they seem to look at these things with blinders on and think that you're a miracle worker and that you're somehow going to fix it, but that's not how it works. Right. Every choice matters. Everyone. Yeah. Well, you're auditioning and your first impression is your lasting impression. It just is. You have a story about uh, United airlines. Their well, apology. Well, and I think that the, the, the good news about this story with United Airlines is that everybody knows that United Airlines made the biggest, the biggest PR mistake, you know, one of the biggest PR mistakes in, in history. So when that, that passenger was dragged off of that yes. airplane for overbooking, mm-hmm. 
not only did that CEO not respond quickly, but his response was, I'm sorry that I couldn't accommodate everybody. <laughs> That's you right. Point. It, it wasn't he missed the point. He missed the point entirely. Yeah. And then when he did try to issue days later, some seemingly uh, genuine apology, nobody cared. It's too late. It doesn't even matter. Anymore. It was too late. So no, it's too you late. have to be swift. You have to be authentic. People know when you're being real. They know. Yeah. But what about the what about social media? Because social media, obviously, it's like so instant. You throw it out there. You've tweeted it. You've said it. You know, Whoops. how does that? Yeah. Well, that's and that's a scary thing. So one of the things that I also counsel my clients on is that you and your brand are never separate. You are your brand. And and all of us in the industry have had to change the way we think and the way we work because of that. Our personal mm-hmm. pages versus our business pages and that there's no separation from church and state here anymore. So all of the things that you say, you do your actions, and you have to really think very carefully about how you're conducting yourself, what you're posting, the opinions that you have. Listen, if you post your political opinions and you're okay with that, then okay. But right. you, you, but, but you have to think about how that's going to f- impact your business. I mean, every small choice really matters. Is there last quick, 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 Paula, last piece of advice? Um, Rizzo, sorry, Rizzo. <laughs> Me? Oh, last piece of advice, Paula Conway. Uh, anyone who's looking to do this media thing and is not really connecting, because the thing is, you've got you to keep trying, right? You got to keep putting it out there. Are you talking about they're not getting media even though they're paying for it or they're doing pitching, it on their own? Pitching, pitching, If they're not getting a call back to their pitches. Anyway, oh, you have to yeah. just keep going. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no easy way. You, you have to just keep you have to just keep coming at the press. Eventually, you have to keep coming. You ha- you just do. You just have to keep going back. You have to eventually tweak and re- yeah. rinse and repeat. Tweak and repeat. Yes, we all mm-hmm. do, don't we? We all do it. We do. It's Paula true. Conway. It's so great to have you on. For more from Paula, you want to learn more about Paula Conway? Go to astonishmediagroup.com. Yeah. And if any of this sounds like fun, you're wondering, how can I get in the media for myself and go bigger with your brand or your business? We've got a little gift for you. We created a video course on how the media can help you and more importantly, how the media can be interested in what you have to say. And uh, here's a great thing. It's free. All you have to do is go to beamediamagnet.com and you'll get instant access. That's beamediamagnet.com. Until next week, I'm Paula Rizzo. I'm Terry Despicio. You do have something to say and the world is ready to hear it. Thank you for joining us for Lights, Camera, Expert. Unleash your expertise. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel for another edition of the show featuring your hosts, Paula Rizzo and Terry Trespicio. We'll talk again next week.